0: And I've titled the message today, The People Respond, because at some point, you and me have to respond to the gospel, one way or the other. People say, well, pastor, I I haven't responded, I'll I'll never respond, I don't believe it, you have responded. The Bible, Bible is clear. Jesus said, you're either with me or against me, for me or against me. The Bible teaches that there are goats and sheep lost and saved, correct? And so we all respond in one way or another. So Acts chapter 2, would you stand with me as we read God's Word, beginning in verse 36. As we have in these last few messages tried to lay out the, the message that Peter preached using the Old Testament the prophet Joel, and then the life of David, he lays out the case for Christ and the Holy Spirit. And we pick up in verse 36, after he preached this message and we laid it out last week, he says here, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? They heard this message. Their hearts were pierced. And their response was, All right. The Holy Spirit was moving upon them. And they're like, What do we need to do since we've heard this? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, I want to point this out. Some use this one verse to try to say that water baptism is what washes your sins away. But the King James, in its, in its translation, is not really It's not a good translation. Because literally the word literally means because of, on account of the fact that you've been forgiven, you need to follow in believer's baptism. On the basis of your forgiveness, on the basis of the fact that you've been forgiven, now you follow in believer's baptism. So repent, and then you follow in believer's baptism. And he says here, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, let me just give you a point here to keep in mind. Usually when they were counting people, only the men were counted in ancient ancient times so it's very possible and many bible scholars believe that it was probably three times that amount who received the lord that day but only the men were counted about 3000 men so many times you know if a man in ancient in the ancient world did anything his family followed his wife and his children And so it's very possible that day that about 9,000 people were saved immediately after this message. So the people respond. Let's pray, Lord, add your blessing to your word. Thank you for what we've experienced and heard already today. It all works together. And Father, as I try to wrap it up, help us to, to know that our response is crucial. And how we respond matters. And I prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Give you three things quickly here. As the people respond, there are three things that I see. When we are confronted with the truth of Jesus Christ, with the truth. Now, what we see here, we're just seeing those who responded positively. And there's a reason for that. Because right now the focus that we're seeing, Luke is writing through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and he's focusing on the birth of the church. So we're we're not seeing right away right now the response of the unbelievers, we're seeing the response of the believers. And so in this, this is what happens when believers or when people who hear the gospel respond and become believers. First thing I want you to notice, the DNA I would say of, of how a message is received is this. The piercing of the Word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Notice what the Bible says here in verse 37. It says, and when the people heard this, what did they hear? Well, I just mentioned to you just a moment ago, Peter was preaching and he used the Old Testament. He used Scripture and he quoted Joel about the Holy Spirit and and that you know the Holy Spirit wouldn't be just for a select few and even in the old testament like david david wasn't indwelled by the holy spirit the holy spirit came upon him and gave him power but he didn't he wasn't indwelled by the holy spirit as a matter of fact god lived in a tent and then eventually in a in a temple behind a veil that was six feet thick and that's where his presence was and the priest would go in annually to make sacrifices for the people's sins and and and, and so God is saying through Peter with the prophet Joel early in the chapter of uh, 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 in, in in chapter 2 here that that your young men and your young women will prophesy in other words the holy spirit now will come And indwell within you and Jesus promised and he said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and so God was moving in a new and fresh way and Peter was using the Word of God to speak truth and then he quotes David in the 16th Psalm about the suffering Christ. And he lays out the Word of God and then he connects it all to what's going on now. He applies it to their lives and he even gets in modern day and he says, this is the Jesus. This same Jesus, the one that was talked about in Psalm 16. He's the one and you crucified Him. That's what he's saying. And he's applying it to their lives right there. And the Word of God has a piercing effect on you and me when we hear it. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, to their soul. Look at what Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 says about God's very word. For the word of God is alive and active. Let me just hold on to that point right there. The word of God is alive and active. You know, you can read a lot of books. And very seldom do I ever want to read a book a second time. Very seldom do I want to do it. I've done it. There have been times when I've read a book and I've stopped in a particular spot and it may, might be a week or two before I get back to it. Then I get back to it and I start reading. I can't remember exactly where I stopped. And, and so I go back and I read a little bit. And all of a sudden my memory is jogged. And I went, oh yeah, I'm like two pages ahead. And then you read the book because you forget so much of it. Well, the Word of God is not just a book. The Word of God is alive. It's the very words of our Creator. And it's active. And when we speak the Word of God, it's like unleashing it on people. Listen, whenever you speak the Word of God, it never returns void or empty. It always accomplishes what God intended for it to accomplish. So the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged or two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of God. Of him to whom we must give an account. You know, the Bible says that when we're reading the Word of God in James, it's like looking into a mirror. And it reflects our lives. I'm telling you, there's nothing like the Word of God when you're reading it and and God's Word begins to speak to you and you see where you are in there. You see what God says about you. It's piercing and so because Peter was preaching and he preached the Word of God the Word of God did its work and it pierced it it came upon them it it some say would prick their heart or it cut the Bible says all the way to the heart and that's what happens when people respond. I heard one preacher say years ago, and not that we shouldn't we shouldn't do this, but I heard one preacher say years ago that he quit preaching to people's minds and he started preaching to their hearts where they live. So the people responded there. We see the piercing of the word of God. The second thing I want you to see in how people respond to the gospel, is the power of repentance. The power of repentance. It says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. The power of repentance. Look at what Mark 1.15 says. Jesus himself said this about the word repentance and about the concept here. He said, the time has come, he said, Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near. repent and believe the good news repent and believe the gospel what is that word repentance you know brother eric started off the service defining the word ebenezer to us what is the word repentance what does that mean see repentance is something that takes place simultaneously with faith when we receive christ it's a complete change of mind and heart which leads a change in lifestyle that's repentance prior to being saved most of us are doing our own thing going our own way who is God to tell me how I ought to live who is God to tell me how I ought to act it's my life I'm going to do what I want the way I want me 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 right correct that's how we're living before we we receive Christ but at some moment in time when God's word pierces our heart His Spirit is moving upon us, and we recognize that, whoa, wait a minute, my way is not God's way. And we come to that moment where we receive Christ as our Savior. All of a sudden, it all changes. It's no longer my way, but His way, correct? And that's what repentance is. Repentance is a change of mind, heart, which leads to an outward action. It's a change. It's a change it's more than just an apology and so they repented and they repented of their responsibility whatever they may have had even some of them who might have been in the crowd saying crucify him crucify him crucify him some of them were probably there and they weren't in the religious leadership but they were part of the of the throngs of people that were there participating in the execution of jesus christ and so there was a spirit of repentance there in their heart they changed because of what god had done within them through the word of god in their hearts and so and then i want you to notice the third thing i'm giving you this real quick because of the day that we're having here so we see when people respond it's because of the piercing of the word of god we see that they have this the power of repentance changes them changes their thinking changes their behavior and then again we've talked about this a lot but it's all over the book of Acts the promise of the Holy Spirit once again We see it here again the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says here in verse 39 This the prom. And well first of all in verse 38 He says here and you will not maybe not if you do certain things not if you have the right experience No, 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 no if you repent you give your heart to Jesus Christ. He says you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. You, when you receive Christ, do not need a high priest to intercede for you anymore. You can enter the Holy of Holies, the Bible says in Hebrews, because of what Jesus did for you. You have access to the Father not through some mediator, not through a priest or a pastor or anybody else, but you have access to the Father because of what Jesus did for you and now you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And it's a promise to you. He starts off chapter 2 talking about your children and and for the most part here toward the end You know, and about how how your children are going to prophesy and they're going to see visions. And in other words, God's going to speak to them, not just the prophets. (laughs) And when you respond to the gospel message, to the good news, God gives you the comforter, the promise of the Holy Spirit, no matter where you are in life. You know we talked about the martyrs, and I saw Rebecca here on the video and to think about how so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ are living throughout this world, and yet they find so much joy. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you know <laughs> Brother Shabu was talking to us about, about how you know, when Americans go you know abroad or something there's like a little culture shock if you've never been before to any place um and you know and then he was explaining how when they comes to america there's a little bit of culture shock you know and you experience different things and people like rebecca She's just happy to have her Bible. And they can burn her home. They can burn down the school, whatever it might be. But they can't take what's inside of her away. Because she has the Holy Spirit of God within her. And that's the promise of the Holy Spirit. We all have Him. Isn't it amazing? Right? All of us. We have Him to guide us. To protect us. To assure us. He saves us. He transforms us. He leads us and guides us. (laughs) He leads us into all truth. He helps us understand God's Word because these things are spiritually discerned and an unspiritual man or woman cannot understand the Word of God. The only way you can is if the Holy Spirit of God resides within you. And this is the promise that's given. So when the people respond to God, the Word of God is moving in our hearts repentance is active we turn from our wicked ways and we respond to the gospel we follow in believers baptism and when we are saved we receive the precious powerful promise of the holy spirit the holy spirit also convicts us of sin you realize that People have asked me over the years the same question. It, 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 comes, it comes in different forms, but it's all, it always comes down to the same thing. Pastor, boy, I'm struggling with my salvation. And that's, that's, that's a normal thing that happens to everybody. I struggled with my salvation early on. It was out of ignorance, and it was out of spiritual immaturity because I, you know, I was a baby in Christ. And and I began to doubt. Satan loves to throw doubt into your heart. One thing I realized and I learned through the scripture. I know I'm a Christian. Yes, I know I'm a Christian because my life has changed. Yes, I know I'm a Christian because of this or because of that. But I know I'm a Christian because of the Holy Spirit who lives within me. And because he resides in me, I can't sin like I used to sin and feel the same way about it. Prior to being saved, you, you've, I'm sure you, you can connect with me on this. You know, my whole deal was not to get caught <laughs> or not to hurt anybody. I had a little bit of morality, you know. Not, I didn't want anybody to get hurt. Just, But, boy, man, if I could do it, get away with it, it makes me happy, whatever I want to do, right? However, when you get saved, it's totally different. When you sin, I'm convinced of this. While God can use another human being, he can use a pastor or a teacher or a friend in an accountability group. But as you mature in Christ, as you get, as you grow, you don't need another man or woman to point out your sin. The Holy Spirit is powerful and qualified to do it himself within you. And so I know I'm a Christian because I can't sin like I used to and Feel the same way about it. It grieves the Holy Spirit when I sin. And I know about it. Not only that, but now that I'm a Christian, the Holy Spirit gives you intel. You know, you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. You grow and you learn how he uses temptation to trap you. But because you have the Holy Spirit living within you and you're growing and you have the Word of God, you can apply the truth of the Word of God to all the circumstances in your life. It's a sword. It's a weapon. <clears throat> you know, and then you have the shield of faith, the Bible says, but you have the Word of God. You have the Holy Spirit living within you to guide you into all truth. And a lot of times you can see this stuff coming. So Peter's preaching. And the people responded. And thousands responded. In the weeks to come, we're going to look at immediately what happened to this group of people. And what did it produce? What did it do within them? What, what made them different? The Bible says we're a peculiar people. We are different. P- people say to me, Pastor, you know, uh, you know uh, people think that we're different. It's because we are. We're not better than. We're different. And we want everybody else to have what we have. Because we have the truth and we have peace and we have the Holy Spirit. And we want our loved ones, we want our friends, we want everybody to know that power and to know that experience in their heart and life. And we want them to come to heaven with us. We're not better than them. But we are different. Teenagers will, Pastor, I don't know about that, you know, uh, I just, I don't want people to think I'm different. Well, then you don't want to be a Christian. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Christians are different. Tell you what the Holy Spirit will give you is boldness. You know, this weekend, we, we had some experience. I mean, some, <laughs> this weekend, we experienced an amazing, some amazing testimonies. We heard from people whose lives have been powerfully changed, by the gospel. You know what's one thing I saw in all of them? Obviously, I saw gratitude and gratefulness and humility, but I also saw boldness. Here we have Brother Derek Paul there. D- Derek's even shorter than me, I think. Right, Derek? How tall are you, Derek? Five seven. Five seven. Yeah, I got you. Well, I say, I'm five nine and shrinking. He's 5'7". But uh, I'm I'm catching up to you this way. (laughs) But that man over there is so full of boldness. Boldness in Jesus to preach and and teach the truth. And We experienced that this weekend. Reminded us of the power of the Holy Spirit within us. So let's stand together, together, everybody. You know, you think about... Brother Shabu here from India. You think about Rebecca that we saw and those sweet people who are real. They're not actors. With the Voice of the Martyr um, video. They're bold. They're unashamed. And I hope that you and I can say the same thing this morning. However God has spoken to you, and in your heart about these things i ask that you respond to god this altar will be open for you to pray we'll be standing here if you want to join our church if you believe this is the family need to be a part of or maybe as a christian you're saying pastor and i just want i just We we called it all kinds of things in the past, rededication, whatever. you're a Christian, it's just good old-fashioned repentance. And maybe God's leading you that way. We want to pray with you. We want to help you and lead you into that. Father, we thank you. Thank you for all we've experienced today, all we've heard, all we've participated in. It all works together for the glory of God. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. As Brother Eric leads us, you follow.